third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all away. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Jam-packed show for you today. Three guests lined up for you. Patrick Beeline, LeMoyne head coach, will join us at 1245 as he does every Friday. LeMoyne getting some national exposure earlier this week. Their game on Wednesday against Adelphi uh, appearing on ESPN3 uh, across the country. And they picked up yet another win, remaining in first place. We'll hear from Damon Dillman in hour number two. He's the sports director at WCAV in Charlottesville, Virginia. The Cavs still unbeaten in conference play. They, of course, come to town tomorrow. And we'll get to my interview with Jerry McNamara from yesterday. We ran out of time yesterday, so we'll play back uh, that interview for you at some time during hour number one, plus your phone calls. Welcome at any time. You familiar with the doomsday clock, Seth? Uh, I heard of it once or twice. It's like how close we are to blowing everybody up, right? Yeah. Basically? Like a very crude way of explaining it? Basically, yeah, how close we are to like nuclear man-made war. nuclear yeah. war. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but within the last couple of days, uh, they have moved the doomsday clock closer to midnight. It is now two minutes awesome. before midnight. That's reassuring. 30 seconds closer than it was at this time last year. It's the closest we've been to midnight in about 50 years, yeah, more than 50 years. Probably since like the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to relate this back to SU basketball. Oh, I thought we were just talking about nuclear war and, no, and where I we're heading. Talk, no, that's, that's too heavy. Um, but I saw that headline, and it... The, the thought popped in my head. How close is this team to midnight as it pertains to the NCAA tournament, as it pertains to this team's goals? We've had Danny Shays on the show every week for the last several weeks. Yeah. And he's been saying, it's not time to panic. Until you lose in the ACC tournament, there's a chance. There's always a chance. A lot of basketball left to be played. Well, this team is, is midway through its ACC schedule now. The quote-unquote easy part of the schedule is now over. They're four and five in conference play, tied for tenth. And yes, they were picked to finish tenth in the conference, but now they've got the tougher part of the schedule. And now they're shorthanded. They're down to like six and a half healthy bodies, and they can't score on a consistent basis. A lot of problems facing this team. How close are they to midnight? Can I put them at the same two minutes for midnight that we put the real world sure. at? Sure, you can do that um, if you'd like. I'll put them at the same two minutes. Uh, I-, I was debating whether it's one or two. Uh, look, this team has a lot of work cut out for itself, and I, I ended up putting it a, a, a little further away and giving them, a, giving them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because they've got Virginia, they've got Louisville on Monday, they've got Duke, they've got UNC, they've got Miami, they've got Clemson still left on this schedule. So there are a lot of opportunities for quality wins um, still out there for this team. The question becomes, do they get any of them? If they get any of them, then that, that hand starts taking back towards 11.55, right? And it, it starts taking back towards 11.30, and all of a sudden you're, like, feeling pretty good about your chances. But if they only get, like, one, or if they get none, I, I just don't know what they... I just don't know that they're going to make it. Like, I, 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 think this, I think as of right now, after that game on Wednesday night, and given how they've played now for the last two games and really the last five halves of basketball... 
Like, I, I, I don't see how we can feel remotely confident that they'll get enough wins in this stretch to, to stay in the NCAA, to, to get back in, I think, to the NCAA tournament field. You said you're going to go with two minutes before midnight opposed to one. The reason it's not one is exactly what you said, the opportunity. They have six They have a lot of chances. chances. Six guaranteed chances for quality wins. Now, they might get a quality win opportunity at the ACC tournament in Brooklyn, but that probably means they are getting to the quarterfinals, and that's no guarantee. Right. They've, of course, as we all know, yet to win a game uh, in the ACC tournament since they've joined that conference. So, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it's one minute before midnight because but they have all these close. opportunities. But with these six opportunities left for quality wins, I think with each one that passes that you lose, like if they lose this game tomorrow against Virginia, I think another 20 seconds comes off, right? Because that would, well, that would add up to yeah, two minutes, sure. right? Yeah. Six, ti- you know, yeah. six times 20 seconds adds up to two minutes. I think every time one of these passes, you take another 20 seconds off the clock. And well, you get, you get well, that much closer. Do, well, then what do you do if they lose to Boston College? How much time are you taking off the clock then? <laughs> you know, like, like, right? Doesn't that become the question? Like, like, if they lose to Boston College, can we just collapse it and hit midnight? It kind of goes without saying. I mean, the, the margin for error in these other games, Wake at home, NC State at home, and we actually had somebody reach out to us on Twitter a day or two ago saying, you know, how can you call those gimme games? I'm not calling them gimme games, but if this is even any sort of conversation, They've then win. you have to win those games. So let's just take Wake and NC State off the table. Both those games at home absolutely need to have those games. And, and you're right, at Boston College is an important one as well. But as you look at, like Syracuse is not getting in the tournament. Can we agree that if they don't get at least one or two of these six? I think they need at least two. Right, I don't, but I don't think they, one they gets need, them. They, if they lose six, you're talking about 11 losses in conference. You, that's 7-11. and 11. That's, yeah, no, they're you not are tor- not, no. You're not getting in the NCAA tournament at 7-11 and 11 in the conference. So you're right. They probably need two of them to get to 9-9. Nine and nine. Get yeah. two, two of the six, and then, you know, obviously get Wake, BC on the road, and, and NC State at home, and then you get to nine and nine. Um, so they got the work cut out for them, no doubt. Which of the six are most likely? Probably North Carolina and Clemson are the two. Yeah. They're both at home. Yeah. I still, look, I. I still think because of style of play, tomorrow's not out of the question. I don't and, think tomorrow's out of the question. And, and it's crazy but, to but, say that. But would that. you say it's one of the two no. most likely of the six? Okay. No, no, right, fair enough. No, because that was Virgi- the question. Because Virginia's really good, right? Right? Like, like that's great got analysis. Nothing, that's got nothing to do with Syracuse. Like Virginia's just that good that I I would not feel uh, good about saying that's a game that you know is is a. You know they they can easily you know they they can get that one. Uh, I, I think they can win. I still think it's on the table. Uh, as poorly as they've played the last two games, I think that they're still there. Given that Virginia wants to play this ugly game that you just played the last two games, is it ugly or is it beautiful? Uh, if you're a Virginia fan, it's beautiful. Well, see, for Syracuse, it's ugly because their offense is just atrocious with it. Virginia has shown they can turn it on and and play some good uh, some good offense at times i think i think the virginia version of it is is a lot more beautiful virginia than the, is so efficient they you know, are i realize right. they don't score 85 points a game but they are they're just, they're just so efficient yes. on both ends of the court i mean they they hold you to a shade over 50 points per game i mean they lead the country in points against and offensively they are you know yeah their tempo is slow but they are so efficient and 
they're so balanced. And there's not one guy, you know, I use that, that word guy. Yes, there's Kyle Guy, and he's their leading scorer. But there's not one guy on that, that roster that you look at and you say, wow, he's a star. Like, you have right. to stop Bonzi Colson, or you no. have to stop if Grayson you stop, Allen. Because if you stop Kyle Guy, then Ty Jerome will right. hit some shots, or DeAndre Hunter might do some things if he's playing. I don't know what his status is. You know, or or Jack Salt. There, there, there are just so many options. And isn't that and what happened down in Charlottesville? Yes, they, they, they went through these stages where you know certain guys would kind of take over for stretches. Right. You know, guy gets off to a fast start, and then you know Jerome, then Jerome Lee in the, in the and, second half, and, and a Hunter from the high post, right, from the yeah. free throw line. I mean, they just. They, and and that almost makes them more dangerous. Like you you look at the guys they've had in the past, and well, there's no Malcolm Brogdon on this team. And and yes, you would prefer to have a Malcolm Brogdon than not. But I guess my point is is that they're so balanced and they're all kind of so equal and even, and and, and they all buy in with their roles that it almost makes them more dangerous than if they did have that star player. Because if you shut down Malcolm Brogdon or, or pay extra attention to him, maybe the other guys can't pick up the slack for this team. It doesn't really matter how it gets done. It just always gets done. Yeah. The the job always gets done, and they found the right guys to plug in, and, and it doesn't matter. If one's doing well, they keep feeding them. Right? We saw, we saw that in that first matchup. If Kyle Guy is shooting the ball well, they're going to keep feeding Kyle Guy. And then you know what? When he doesn't, they're going to go to the next guy. And they're they're going to go to the next player, and they're going to figure out the next option so that they can score and, and they can keep that offense rolling. Um, but I, I think that when you look at the styles and that they both want to play slow and they both want to play good defense, like it just leads to an opportunity for Syracuse that if the defense is good enough, right, and can shut down Virginia for long enough, you know, maybe they can score just enough to pull it out. They did score 61 against this Virginia team on the road earlier this year. You know, 61 points, probably not enough to win you this game. But mid sixties, maybe. You want right? to hear, you want I, to hear I mean, a crazy you, stat, Seth? Yeah. Virginia and Syracuse are averaging the exact same amount of points per game. They're averaging sixty nine point two on the season. That's insane. And defensively, if you look at the defensive numbers, Virginia leads the conference in field goal percentage defense. Syracuse is literally percentage points behind in number two. So they have the exact same point total. They have almost the exact same field goal percentage defense, yet Virginia is 10 and 0 in the conference and Syracuse is 4 and 5 and, so what is and it, floundering bum, to some bum degree. Luck? No, it's they're again, their style of play, they are so efficient on the offensive end and Syracuse obviously is not. And defensively, you know, Virginia they play such a slow tempo that you know, while teams are shooting essentially the same percentage against them, it's fewer shots. It's fewer shots. And they're holding teams to, again, a shade over 50 points per game. And, you know, the 69 that they're scoring, again, that's averaged out over the course of the, you know, Syracuse would love to be scoring 69 points a game, right? Can you imagine if Syracuse was scoring 69 points per game in the ACC? Or, you know, if, if they got to <laughs> yeah. 65 on a regular basis, they'd be like 7-2 and two right now in the conference. But they're not, and they're they're four and five. And again, Virginia just they they do what they do so well, and they're so efficient. Yes, I think there's a chance tomorrow, but it is going to have to take a BC type effort. That what we saw against BC, where sixty percent of the shots went in. You know, maybe it's not that much, but I would say certainly better than fifty percent, right? Don't you think at Syracuse has one, to shoot fifty percent or better? At least for one half. At the very least, for one half, they've got uh, it. Yeah, I meant the sixty percent number. Oh, they, they've okay. got it. Like you I can't think expect shoot about fifty percent for the game to yeah, have a chance to I, win this. Thing. I think so. That's how I good mean, Virginia is. I think so. I, I think that you need to 
figure out a way to get the ball in the basket. Uh, it's plain and simple, and and I know that that's a, a an oversimplification of basketball, much like saying Virginia's really good, but uh, you need to figure out a way to get the ball in the basket. Like it doesn't matter, and uh, you can keep Virginia out, you can you can keep them off the scoreboard, but you've got to be able to find your way into the in, to to get points. And if they can't, uh, you know they're they're obviously not going to win. But this Virginia team could start running away from you. It might sound crazy to say that, but they had a pretty big lead in that in that first game. I mean, they can run away from you. And, you know, people will say, and it's true, that Syracuse didn't have its A game down in Charlottesville and they came within seven. But again, to your point, Virginia had a comfortable lead. You never felt like Virginia was in trouble in that second half. Syracuse made that flurry right at the end and made it interesting, got it down to five. But again, Virginia was never in trouble. You could say the same thing about Virginia on that day. Virginia did not play its A game. Syracuse actually outshot Virginia. Syracuse was 38% from the field. Uh, Virginia was, you know, 37 and a half and only made nine of 27 uh, on on three point attempts. Syracuse won the battle on the boards. So there were some things that Virginia did not do well that day, and they still, you know, had a comfortable double digit lead into the final minutes and then ended up, you know, quote unquote, hanging on for a seven point win. But again, they were never really in danger of losing that game. So, yes, it's true. Syracuse didn't play its A game, had a chance on the road in Charlottesville. They're going to have to play better tomorrow. They're going to have to play like they did against BC, I think, from an offensive perspective and hope that the home crowd gives them some fuel. And and they will. There's going to be a big crowd there tomorrow. They, they need to use these intangibles to their advantage. They beat Virginia in the Dome last year. They, of course, beat them you know, in Chicago yeah. in, the, in the Elite Eight game. Um, they've got some confidence against this team, but it is going to have to take – this is going to have to be one of those A to A-plus performances from Syracuse in order to win this game. Yeah, they've got to play one of their best games of the year. How many times have we seen... Let me ask you this. How many times have we seen an A to A-plus effort out of the Orange? I think BC, I think you would have to say, outside of the first four minutes, that was was an A A effort. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Virginia Tech, Um, I think, to some degree. I mean, they played... That was a solid A. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, Is that it? I think so. I mean, in ACC play, I think think that's that's it. it. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, the second half against Florida State... Yeah, but the defense wasn't very good. Final 10 minutes at Georgetown, and then in overtime. Sure. I, mean, I mean, we've seen flashes of it, but in terms of full games, I think Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech and is Boston on the College. list, and That's I think it. Boston College. Now the, now, the positive sign, the encouraging sign, is that both of those games were at home. And this and game's, this at, game's home, at home. Yeah, I mean, and, they've, they've played and, better at home. And the UNC game's at home, and the Clemson game's at home, and you know they, they've got games at home against quality opponents. And, you know, the, the NC State game is at home, and the Wake Forest game is at home, so... Uh, they've got games against, you know, middle-of-the-pack opponents at home as well. Uh, they've got to win. They, they, just flat out, they've got to win some games. Um, they've got to win another road game or two also. I, I mean, like, let's not kid ourselves. They're still only at three, and the three that they've gotten are, are not against any great opponents. The unfortunate thing about the Georgia Tech game, uh, there's a lot of unfortunate things. If Syracuse had won that game, they'd be 5-4, and four, again, above 500. they They'd be tied for fifth place in the conference right now and to some degree there would be no pressure on this game tomorrow or at least the pressure would be much much less they would go into it all right if we lose we lose we're five and five we're still you know on course for the nine and nine and everything's okay right but you lose that one and now you're four and five and now you're tied for 10th and now you're closer to the bottom than you are to the top right that one that one or two game difference at the end of the day is going to make a huge difference in this conference because everybody's bunched up five and four is tied for fifth place Four and five is tied for 10th place. There's a big difference there. 
Big difference. Well, and, and even if it doesn't matter ACC standings wise, I mean, you know, people aren't the committee doesn't necessarily look at the standings. It just the wins uh, at the end of the year, you're going to have to win games, and, and that win and that lack of a road win and and you know losing to a team that very well could fall out of the the quadrant one and two uh you know that's an issue you say the committee doesn't look at at where you finish in the conference but doesn't it look a lot better if you're playing in the eight nine game than if you're the 12 seed or the 11 seed? i mean i guess but if and, the and conference then, if the conference and and this is not the case this year but if the acc is insanely strong and and there are 12 bids like does it? You know, it doesn't but matter. But there isn't. So if there you want to be in that eight nine game. You want it to I don't be. Like, I I don't know that they're looking at the conference standings. I think they're looking at your resume. If you're the 12 seed, your resume is not good enough anyway. Right. True. I'm just saying. A lot of times you'll look at in these power conferences. You'll look at especially the ACC that eight nine game. What, what do we say every year about the eight nine game? Syracuse has been in that eight nine game the last couple of years. What do we say about it? It's a it's an elimination game. Whoever wins this game, you know, is is looking good for the NCAA tournament. Whoever doesn't win yeah. is in a lot of trouble. I think there's a to me anyway. I think perception wise, there is a difference between playing in that eight nine game sure. or being the ten or eleven seed, you know, sure. in, in the ACC. We do need to take our first time out. Phone lines are open. 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Every Thursday, Coach Bayheim talks orange basketball with Brent Axe. Brought to you by Skinny Atlas Jewelers. On the pulse of the orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We are powered by Drivers Village. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to check in. Again, Patrick Beeline, head coach of LeMoyne, set to join us at 1245. Damon Dillman, sports director of WCAV Television down in Charlottesville, Virginia, will be on the program Coming up uh, next hour, and right about an hour from now, as we preview this game tomorrow between Syracuse and Virginia, and it, as good as the ACC is, and and I know that it's it's not as as good top to bottom necessarily as we've seen in years past. I think there's a lot of parity, um, but it's it's a little top heavy. I mean, there are what four really good teams. I mean, Virginia, Duke. Would you put Louisville in that category at this point? At six and three in conference, sixteen and six overall. Clemson has been a surprise. Clemson's been good, even dealing with some injuries. Clemson's still seven and three in conference, eighteen and four overall. I guess my point is, how surprised are you that Virginia is ten and zero in this conference? Yeah, no, I'm pretty surprised by that. They they've been fantastic this year. Um, This wasn't supposed to be a great year for them, right? I mean, they were supposed to be relatively down, quote unquote. Uh, you know, given where they had been over the previous four or five years, they weren't supposed to be as good as they are right now. And so I guess I'm, I'm surprised in that regard. The offense has looked a lot better than expected. You know, now losing London Parentes and, and not having one of those guys that you knew for so many years in that uh, in that Virginia system. Uh, but yeah, they're 10-0. and 0. And, and I had this stat. I, I was uh, intrigued by this. Uh, 10-0 starts in ACC play the last 15 years. 
Duke was 14 and 0 in 2006. Duke was 10 and 0 in 2008. Syracuse of course 12 and 0 in 2014. Virginia 10 and 0 uh this year. And here's how those winning streaks were broken. 2006 it was number 38 Florida State on the road beating Duke. 2008 it was number 73 Wake Forest in a road game for Duke. And in 2014, Ken Palm's number 142, Boston College, at home for Syracuse. So is there a rhyme or a reason to these teams that are beating you? Uh, Maybe not, but I think it goes to show that it's not the best of the best, right? Like, Virginia didn't lose that game at Duke. (laughs) You know, Duke isn't losing to North Carolina in those years. Syracuse got past Duke in 2014. It feels kind of... Interesting to me that, you know, when you're losing these games, it's losing to, you know, teams outside the top 35, outside the top 25. Um, I just found that stat interesting. Does it mean anything for tomorrow? No, absolutely not. Uh, but just found it interesting, these teams that broke these these long winning streaks to start the conference play. Virginia 10-0 and in conference. They've only played three games in the ACC decided by single digits. One of those games was against Syracuse. One of them was against Duke, which isn't a surprise. The other one was against Boston College. Beat Boston College by one. That was their yeah. closest game. Duke game was a good game as well. Syracuse, again, technically a single-digit game, but you know Virginia led comfortably into the final few minutes. So they've they've had 10 ACC games, and I'm going to eliminate the Syracuse game because I wouldn't really define that as close at the end. They've played two close games. I mean, that's the other impressive thing, is that they're 10-0 and in the toughest conference in the country, and... They're winning these games by wide margins. Yeah, they haven't been Ten close. points or more, by and large. Seven of the ten have been by double digits, and then you throw the Syracuse game kind of in its own category, and then Duke and BC went right down to the wire. Yeah, and, and do you—this uh, is going to sound weird, but do you put the BC and the Syracuse game in a different category than Duke? You know, Duke is just very good, and that was—you know, that happens. And and you played a close game, and you played a really good game. And, and maybe this is, you know— do uh, BC and Syracuse are more middle to bottom of the pack ACC teams this year? Um, I don't want to say they were being overlooked. I don't want to say Virginia was bored, but like that that creeps in, doesn't it? Like where you're overlooking a team, you're like, hey, we should be beating this team by by plenty. Like it's not a big deal. We'll win. You know, it's it's whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're in a dogfight, and uh, you know you're in a close game. You know, and I, I think that plays into it. You get up for those games with the top teams in the conference, no doubt. right? No doubt. You get up for the Duke game. It's I, easy. I think, you know, again, I may be in the minority here. I, you know, I think you and I are on the same page. I think tomorrow's game is going to be close. Like, I think Syracuse I is going to play well, you know, inspired by a big home crowd, and they have played better at home. They played very well the last time they played at home against Boston College. Remember the first ACC game at home was Virginia Tech? They played very well in that one. I think they're going to play well tomorrow. Now, are they going to beat Virginia? I'm not going to predict it, but I, I do think this is going to be a relatively close game because of style of play, because of where it's being played. And Syracuse is due to make some shots, right? Sooner or later, they're going to make some shots. You would think they have to eventually. 315-437-7644 to the phone lines we go. Scooter in Janesville kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Scooter. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, how are you? First of all, congratulations to uh, Hop last night. Yeah. Washington beat number 25, Arizona State. And right now, Joe Lenardi, I think, has got him protected at the uh, season ending right now, actually in the tournament. So uh, congratulations to Hop. He's having a great uh, – he's just amazing out there. In fact, if you listen to a lot of the post reports afterwards, he's like the, 
He's like the biggest story out in the Pac-12 right did now. You see the, Scooter, did you see the letter that he, uh, that he wrote to the Washington fans? I heard fans? about it, but I didn't see it. Did yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he took out a, you know, a page ad in, in the paper out there and, and just wrote a thank you for yeah. not only the, the fan support of the team, but for how he's been welcomed and his family's been welcomed. And it was like, you know, typical hop, like very classy yeah. and just you know, trying to like rile everybody up and rev everybody up and, and, and get him excited. And you're right, he's doing great things out there. And I don't think any of us are, are all that surprised. A couple things, uh, guys. I think Syracuse could beat Virginia, but if you look at the recipe to beat Virginia – the Syracuse is going to be able to do it or willing to do it. Now, the three games Syracuse has played well against Virginia. Remember last year's home game? I think we were trailing 12 nothing, 10 nothing, and it was, you know, methodical. All of a sudden, Syracuse says, the heck is we're going to put full throttle and force Virginia out of their comfort zone and go up tempo. And, they, you know, they overcame, you know, usually when you play Virginia, a 12 nothing leads almost like 20 or 25 because of their style of play. And to me, they're able to overcome that. Of course, of course, the final eight, we're down, what, 14, 15, eight to go. And we, you know, we actually put up the pressure. And we were, you know, methodically losing to Virginia until we put on the, the press at the end of the game. I don't know if we can, if we're able to because of, or, or willing to do it. But that's how you beat Virginia, is get them out of their comfort zone and force them to do things quicker than they want to, quicker shots, maybe, you know, actually, you know, get that false sense of security on a fast break. And all of a sudden, are not used to be on a fast break and maybe throw the ball away a couple times. And the other point I'd like to make, guys, I know you're in this numbers game with how many games it's going to take the Syracuse to win in, in, in the conference, but does it matter who that win? For example, if we, see, if we sweep Pittsburgh and Boston College, that means we've got four wins against two teams. That means we go maybe five and nine against the conference. Is that, is that going to look good on the committee that we beat two teams twice and you're only go, actually going to go five and nine against the rest? Yeah, and it, listen, that's a good point, Scooter. Obviously, you would prefer your wins are against Duke and yeah. North Carolina and Louisville. I think in this conference, I think if you get to nine and nine and you're five hundred, I've said this before, and you couple that with eleven and two, uh, I think nine and nine. And in order to get to nine and nine, you're going to have to have a few quality wins on your resume at this point. They only have four wins, right? So to get to nine and nine, a couple of them are going to have to be pretty good. So I do think that's going to be enough. Yeah. I think that at this point, to get to 9-9, nine and nine, you're going to have to have good enough wins. Because you'd um, have Wake, NC State, even if it's Wake, NC State, BC, that gets you to 7. Right. You're going to you need two need of the two other good six. Wins. Right. And I mean, that could be Carol. even if at worst it's Carolina and Clemson. They're quadrant or Carolina one They're both quadrant one. Or Virginia. Or, I mean, it, it, you get two of those six. Give me any of those. Like yesterday, we were talking about the trade, you know. Uh, give me anybody from this, yeah. this group. Give me any of those give six. Give me two yeah. of those six. Yeah. I, I, think, I think you're good. I would also, one totally tangent note, uh, I, I bet we're all feeling pretty dumb if we judged by nine games that Mike Hopkins wasn't going to be a good head coach. Well, we said that at the time. Yeah, I, I think know. you and I no, said I that at the time. I know we did, but I, I, I bet there are some people feeling pretty dumb if they thought after nine games that he wasn't going to be a head coach. I love, a good what, head coach. I love what he's doing out Just, there. I love what he's doing out there. Yeah. I mean, couldn't be a nicer guy in the world. Couldn't be a harder worker, and uh, and for him to see results so quickly, it's awesome. it, it 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 really is. It's uh, incredible. Back to the phone lines we go. Jake in Syracuse up next. Hey, Jake. Hey guys. Um, I just want to talk about the Georgia Tech game quick. Yeah. Um, I've seen better offense in a wheelchair league game. Um, you can't have your leading your point guard, who's supposed to be the leader of the team, you know, right at the rim, throw, throwing a pass to. to um, Pascal Tuku, who's just totally not ready for a pass, and then looking at him like, why didn't you catch that pass? 
maybe because you're right at the rim for a layup. I don't know. You know, and then he's looking at the other guys after he throws a bad pass, saying, you know, oh, why didn't you catch that? Uh, he's got to get it together. Frank's got to get it together quick. Um, as for Virginia tomorrow, hey, I'll see you at the Dome. As this game fights hard, or excuse me, this team fights hard every game they play. Uh, but it'd be nice to pull off that win. As for Hopkins, uh, do you think in those nine games, if he had coached like this, he'd be gone right now? Uh, thanks for taking my call. All right, appreciate you checking in. Um, I think I, you've gone either way. I it don't think his his coaching has changed at all. Again, he was coaching someone else's team. Yep, and he went from being you know the good cop, bad cop. He was the good cop. He all of a sudden for nine games had to be the bad cop. Right, and it doesn't work like that. You know, it's like the substitute teacher. The substitute teacher might be a great teacher someday, but when they're the substitute teacher, they they can't they quite get their message the across. Right, yeah. and it's not their message. They're they're the the caretaker, and he felt like all along he would be the caretaker for the program even after Jim Beheim left. He wanted to go somewhere and be Mike Hopkins and do his thing. He's getting a chance, and he's winning games right away. So I don't think... I don't think he changed how he was no. coaching last year. I think that that's who he is. It just it was a it was a tough spot. He was coaching someone else's team, delivering someone else's message. We need to take a timeout. Phone lines remain open. 437-7644 back after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation, hour number two underway. We've got Damon Dillman from WCAV TV in Charlottesville, Virginia, set to join us here in about fifteen minutes. We were talking some some Super Bowl at the end of that last segment with Patrick Beeline again. Being a Bills fan, I don't know how you can pull for the Patriots. I'm glad he wasn't pulling for the Patriots. It's okay if he likes Tom Brady, given the Michigan connection. I'll give him a pass on that. Um, being a Bills fan. Can't pull for the Patriots. I know you being a Giants fan, Seth, you no. can't pull for yeah. the Eagles. No. So not a chance. I get that. As I long as Seth that. keeps betting against the Eagles, I think I'm okay. Because That's fine. He's done that throughout the playoffs. I've believed in your team it's fine. every step of the way, uh, Max. I I think your luck runs out on Sunday, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong too. I'll pick them what's the spread down to? What's four. the line down to? Mm. Opened at what, five and a five half and a half. Yeah. Now it's down to four. I think Philly has a chance. Uh, in any event, we kept you in here, Max, since we were talking a little Super Bowl, and we'll get back to, to SU basketball in the next segment with Damon. Um, one of the, my favorite things to do every February is I don't actually place the bets, but I like to talk about the prop bets. There's some fun bets out there. There are. So let's have some fun. All right, let's start with the National Anthem. How long will the National Anthem last? It's over two minutes, under two minutes. And keep in mind, four of the last five anthems has gone over two minutes. Who's who's singing? I don't it's even pink. know. It's pink. I think over is the easy bet. You always take the over. I think so. I vote. This has always fascinated me because there are a lot of things because with pink these prop could bets. Know exactly. And go right. Couldn't Pink like bet on herself or have someone close to her? You know, she said, what I- "I'm going." You know, I'm going two o two. Or like, I've practiced it so much. Like, I'll I'll hang on the last couple of words. What- and make sure it goes over. One of my favorite things along those lines is Billy Joel told a story about when he went to go sing the anthem at the Super Bowl. They had him do a press conference for some reason, and the NFL people said, "Whatever you do." Don't give any hint as to how long your your anthem is going to be because people bet on this. But and so he but so he came out and like the first thing he said he was like I'm feeling like two oh five maybe two oh seven. Here's the thing though it's not just the artist like they they're doing rehearsals there are a lot of people involved in the sound check yes I would yeah, assume there's got to be yeah so there if are a lot I'm of people like, there if I'm some like behind the scenes worker 
in Minneapolis, can I just have a stopwatch and be like, this is going over? I don't know. That that This one has always fascinated me because the you can control one, though, the outcome. The funny one, though, is remember like in 2011 where Christina Aguilera just butchered the national anthem? Like, couldn't that kind of like stage fright? Because like sure. one of the other prop bets is will pink forget or omit a word no. in the national anthem? I don't think so. See, that's different. That is truly like a game of chance. With the length of the national anthem, there's really not much chance involved. It's not like heads or tails. It's, I mean, she knows what the outcome is going to be before it happens. So, I don't know. I just, that, that's always fascinated me. Yeah. Another interesting one. Will any scoring drive take less time than it takes Pink to sing the national anthem? Yes. Yes. Okay. End of a half. And then you got Pink's hair. She's an Eagles fan, which is interesting. So green, green is listed five to one. Pink and red seven to four. White and blonde five to four. I have no idea what color her hair she's is. She's not right going now. green hair. Blonde. She's an Eagles fan. I think she's a well documented Eagles I, fan. I, I get that, but th- she's singing the national anthem for the Super Bowl. She's so? not coming out with green hair. Jenny McCarthy's going around in blue hair today. Is that the favorite? Yes. Green <laughs> is the favorite. Yes. yes. She's a diehard. She she tweeted. I, um, I'm okay. singing the national anthem. Eagles are playing. This is for real. That's what's up. Okay, fine. She's an a Eagles fan. Woo-hoo. I'm a Bills fan. If I was singing the national anthem, I would not go blue and red. Yeah, but you don't have a history of dyeing your hair different colors. Right. All right. I, I may be dead I'll wrong on this. We'll, we'll, I'll go we'll find out Sunday night, and we can talk about this on Monday. Yes. Are I, we keeping track of what we're picking? Be, that will be an upset if she goes green hair. Been, okay. But I will start if you okay. want me to. Just I need on that one. Yeah. But again, like she controls that. Yes. Can't she tell someone? Yes. I'm, yes, yes. I'm going to have green hair. Sure. Sure. But she could also dye her hair the that's night like before. The, the, yeah, that's like most of these. You can control it. Uh, like, not what really. song, like what song will Justin Timberlake sing first? I'm sure that's well, on the list. Okay. Like that's controllable. Fine. But the the you know how long is the shortest touchdown drive going to be? Like you can't control that. No. Like that is a prop bet. The, these other ones are. I think you can. Some of these are I think predetermined. You can control heads or tails. How? That is no joke. <laughs> oh, all right. Pre-game entertainment hang on, props. Hang on. Wait, do okay. you know? Hang on. Do you know that that statistically, I believe this is true. You have a slightly better chance on whichever one's facing up. I believe it's tails. I believe it's well. They say the, tails never whichever, fails. Whichever the one that, is facing up. I'm not sure on that's. The thumb, I, I believe it's it's a, it's it's a weight issue. That if it's like a true like U.S. quarter, I believe there's a slight, slight, slight edge so with that's tails why because tails it weighs fails. it weighs more. Okay. That like that side, like I don't. It's like not right. completely evenly distributed. I, I, don't I know. believe that's true. I okay. hope I'm not providing misinformation, but I believe that's true. Uh, who will be shown first during the broadcast? Robert Kraft or Jeff or Lurie? Oh, Lurie's Ro- lifted it Robert even. Robert Kraft. This yeah. isn't easy money. Okay. What color will Belichick's shirt be at kickoff? Blue, gray, white, red. Uh, gray. Blue. He's going gray. Gray hoodie. First half line. Eagles plus three. Patriots minus three. Over under set at twenty four. I'll take uh, I'll take the Eagles plus three at the half. The Patriots have not scored in the first quarter of their Super Bowls. I'd feel good about the under. I think the three might be a push. Maybe. I see like 10-7 at the half. That's it? Yeah. I said uh, last night I was talking when I was at work. I, I seriously think it'll be a double-digit final, like 10. I think 10 is like know. the magic the number. The spread? Like, yeah, the, the, the difference. The be, difference. Oh, I hope you're I wrong. I don't think so. Yeah. There aren't going to be a lot. So. There aren't going to be uh, too many people outside of Eagles fans and Patriots watching fans the end of that game. Uh, watching the end of the game. I think it's going to come down to the last spread. drive, and they're going to the score. last dri- how, touchdown. Touchdown. Ten point drive. Touchdown. They're going to be up. Game. They're going to be up three. Oh, and then that's like not really coming six, out of the last drive. Or, yeah. Well, no. I'm saying like okay. a pick six or something right. crazy is going to happen. Watch more profit. It'll be ten. First quarter line: Patriots minus a half over under nine and a half. No, the Eagles again. I'm taking the Eagles on the early lines. 
Right, yeah, we got a bunch I of margins of victory. Which will the game go to overtime? Yes. No. Or no. No. No OT. No. Both of you. No. What are the chances? A second year in a row. It, it's only happened once, and it happened last year. Yeah. Will there be a two point conversion? Uh, yes. Why not? Fourth a quarter. successful two point conversion? Yes. Or just a try. Then I'm going to say a no. I'm going to say yes. Because not only do you need to have a two-point conversion, which is already kind of a long shot to some degree. Patriots did it three times last year. You would have to have a successful two-point Yeah, but that game was kind of strange. (laughs) That game was weird. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Okay. So no both for two points. No No, on a successful. No, I said yes. I'm going to say there's not going to be a successful two-point conversion. Uh, Color of the Gatorade. Blue, red, yellow, orange, clear, less water, uh, or purple. What's the favorite? Uh, I think, well, how do money lines work? I, I really blue, don't know. Blue's I think blue 250, is the way to go. Blue's 250. Yeah. Purple's 1,000. So I guess purple would be the least favorable. Yeah, I'm gonna blue go with is blue. the most obvious. I'm going to go with blue. What are the what are the other choices? Uh, red, yellow, orange, water, which I don't think is... Has that red, ever happened? yellow, orange. I think it's orange. I'm going blue. Orange is a safe bet. I'll take yellow. Okay. I'm going to say the Eagles win, and it, they... Went with yellow, lemon lime. Do they have a choice? I don't know. I don't know. I would assume. (laughs) Uh, Tom Brady's first pass, complete or incomplete? Complete. Incomplete slash interception, it says. Complete. 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 Tom Brady, total completions, over 26 and a half? Under 26 and a half. Over. Passing attempts? I'll go over as well. Over, under, set at 40. Passing attempts? Uh, Under. That's a lot of attempts. That would, Under, that but, would now, mean they but fall now I'm behind. thinking. But now I'm thinking that I just said he's going to complete more than 27, which would put him in some absurd. He'd be like 27, 27 for 35, and that's insane. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'll go under 40. So you're both taking the under. Steve, you still taking? Uh, boy. In order to go over 26, they're going to have to be. You behind. have to go over 40. Yeah, I want to say I'll, I'll take under in both. I'll say he's like. 20 of 33. So you both took the under? I took the over. You took on the bo- over? I took the over on one and the under on the past I'm tenth. going under on both. All right, I'm trying to jot these down as fast as I can. Right. Come on, Max. All Let's right. get past the yards. Let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to like the, will Janet Jackson show up? Uh, why would, no. What do you mean? Why wouldn't she? No, this was a fun one that you'll like, Steve, or Seth. What will, what will be greater? Philadelphia Eagles touchdowns in Super Bowl 52. Joel Embiid's blocks on, on the third. Ooh. Uh, touchdowns. There's, okay, I was going to say there's a chance that Embiid doesn't play. Right, but. <laughs> right. There's a chance that he doesn't play, and also if they score four touchdowns, like what's the chance that he has five blocks? Or if he, he scores three, if they score three touchdowns, what's the chance that he has four blocks? I don't know. I'm going to go with the touchdowns. Yeah, me too. Oh, let's get to the bottom of this one as my computer freezes while we're on the air. Uh, what will be greater, Tom Brady, Tom Brady number of completions, DeMar DeRozan total points versus Memphis Grizzlies? DeMar DeRozan, points. the Grizzlies are awful. I happened to see DeMar DeRozan in person the other day. What? <laughs> yeah, he was at the game I was at the Lakers-Raptors game. Oh, that's right, yeah. I forgot you were um, up late. Huh. Give me DeRozan's points. Yeah, I think that's the safer bet. Can we set our own line for the Janet Jackson thing? Like, that just made me really curious now that Seth brought that up because I don't think there was a chance. But now oh, that I'm thinking no, about it, no, there's a line on this. There's there's a line. Like, there's no way after Why not? what happened. There's no way. And these are, if, he already ruled if, out an in sync reunion. What if he just feels bad? Why would? Ugh. Uh, 
Will Nipplegate be mentioned during the broadcast? As a hashtag on the bottom <laughs> of the screen or verbally? No, verbally. I'm going to go... Like that term? Yes. No. <laughs> who would say that on live air? <laughs> Wait, hang on. Other that's, than you just now on this. Who that's would... something you can bet on? Yes. What color shoes? What color shoes will Justin Timberlake wear? White, black, brown, beige, blue, green, red, or yellow? Yellow is the money play at at a plus two thousand. I would say black. Yeah, that's uh, that's the is that ne- the favorite? No, white's the favorite. Black white shoes is the favorite. Black is the next best. Okay. Uh, you can bet on like which song he's gonna perform. I don't have that one. Will Al Michaels or Chris Collinsworth say "Danny Playoff"? What? I, is that a thing? I don't know. It no. Just, no, he's not. Up. No. Give me one more, Seth. Uh, we got to get to Damon here. I've got to find a good one. Uh, how many times will Giselle be shown on TV over under one and a half? Oh, it's over. Hang on. Hold will, on. will Donovan McNabb's vomiting from Super Bowl 39 be mentioned? Absolutely. I say yes. I, I think, think there's a good I chance think this of that. Is, I think this is easy. I think they might like show a slideshow. You know, like one of those like, he, was, like, he did that a couple times at Syracuse, too, I remember. The over-under and Giselle is one and a half? Yeah. That's going over, don't how you many, think? Yeah. How many times will the word dilly be said during the broadcast? <laughs> and it only it does if it says dilly dilly, that counts as, as two. Yeah, uh, a lot. How many times will the Rocky statue be shown? Four. What's the over under? Over under half. Over under one. So if it if it's shown once, it's a push. Yeah. What over under on someone driving a dune buggy on the rocky steps again? (laughs) I would say I would say the smart money on that would be under because do you really think they're going to show it multiple times? If they show it, they're probably just going to show it once and then you get a push. Yeah. So anyway, will anyone except Brady or Foles take a snap at quarterback? Ooh. Does the Wildcat count? Yeah. Yeah. Will anybody other than Brady or Foles take a snap? Punter doesn't count. Okay. Or an extra point. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I would say no. Will Justin Timberlake cover a Prince song? Yes or no? That's a good question. I think he will. It's a good chance of that. I think he will. Good chance of that. What song? I don't know. I don't know if it would be Purple Rain. That doesn't... No, it doesn't seem like a Super Bowl halftime show. Little Red Corvette. Let's Go Crazy? Potentially. I could see that. All right. We got to go. Are we good? <laughs> yeah. Are we good? Do you have all our answers, Max? Well, I have most of your answers. Most of them. Okay. I have the memory of an elephant, so I will remember them on Monday. All right. We're okay. going to hold you to that. We got to take a time out. Damon Dillman from WCAV-TV in Charlottesville set to join us next.